again. Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And today on the podcast, I have uh, the best looking person that's ever graced the microphone on this podcast. I have a very special guest. I have uh, my wife, uh, Mrs. Amanda Dean. Amanda, would you say hi? Hello. So you're going to have to lean into that mic. Get oh, it, you're okay, going to have okay. to get right up in the okay. mic. I know you're Wait. used to, uh, yeah, you can pull it towards you. You're used to singing in the mic. Yes, there uh, we go. But now you're going to be speaking into the mic. So uh, my wife, she has been begging for years to <laughs> speak to the church and to uh, preach but I said, we don't have lady preachers at this church. You know, we are conservative. We believe the Bible. But I guess you can get on the podcast. <laughs> or not. None Finally. of that is true. Finally. Well, actually, we don't have lady preachers. But um, my wife does not like to be uh, behind the microphone. But um, I wanted her to be on the podcast because um, she's got good insight. And it's good for our people to to hear from her as well. So, babe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you feeling? Ten years in the making. Ten years in the making. (laughs) How do you feel? Pretty good. All right. Yeah. So uh, what we want to do today is we want to talk about um, family traditions. Specifically, we've got the, um, the holidays coming up. So we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. And... Um. There's a lot of uh, confusion, I think, when it comes to family traditions. Some people think, you know, they don't really, they're just cultural, and they don't, there's not really any biblical man- commandments for celebrating or worshiping or eating well or, or, you know, coming around the table and developing certain, let's say, family liturgies, um, that it's just kind of up in the air and you can do what you want and it doesn't really matter. Um and then there's some people that are more uh, focused and more intentional. And we, you know, we land on the side of being more focused and intentional. And we think most people should. They should think through their um, their plans for, for the holidays so that you are not uh, being led by the culture. Uh, but instead you are um, going into them with some clear thinking, some maybe some clear principles. And you're going in uh, ready to worship and lead your family in a, in a, in a good direction. So, um, so we're going to talk about family traditions Mm -hmm. and family liturgies and how to maybe do Thanksgiving well, or what some things to think about for Thanksgiving and maybe some things to think about, um, for Christmas. So babe, when, when I bring that topic up, what's the first thing, like, what's your first thoughts? As far as family liturgies? Yeah. For, for the holidays. Um, I mean, I think about how, a lot of it seems small, but our kids really, like, really love it and really remember it and really look forward to it. Even something as small as, like, having cinnamon rolls on Thanksgiving morning and watching the parade. I think Javin brought that up mm-hmm. just a few days ago about how he, how he couldn't wait to watch the parade and have cinnamon rolls and was really looking forward to it. And to me, that's, like, such, you know, I just buy cinnamon rolls from Walmart, and it seems like such a small thing, but that's, you know, something we do every year, and they really look forward to it. So Yeah, he they, they brought up, you know— my son specifically, he's 15 years old, and he brings up Thanks- uh, Thanksgiving's my second favorite holiday. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Why? You know, yeah, cinnamon rolls in the morning, 
watching the parade and then going to Nanny's house and she makes my favorite meal mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. all year. She makes it that day. And there's something liturgical about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So there's something formative about that, that we are shaped. So God built the world um, with seasons, mm-hmm. right? He the, the first couple chapters of, of Genesis show us that he's dividing these things. He's separating animals. He's creating male and female. He's creating seasons, doing all this stuff. And he's creating the world with divisions. And, and, and you know, there's seven days and we're separated by night and day. And and there's a there's a rhythm to it. There's a separation to it. There is a liturgy to it. Like mm-hmm. we're in the you know we're in the Midwest, and so we know when you walk outside and you feel that crisp. It's the summer, and you walk out, and all of a sudden you feel a, some mm-hmm. crisp air. Mm-hmm. I see you smiling. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what does it mean when you feel that crisp air? What does it mean? Seasons changing. It means seasons changing. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of trivialized that, you know, like a lot of people, it means pumpkin spice lattes. That's what yeah. it means, you know? Well, well that, that too. I mean, yeah, that is important. That is true. <laughs> um, but the seasons are changing. The leaves are beginning to fall, right? And, um, and, and yeah, and there's this, it's, it is a spectacular time mm-hmm. of year in, in, in Iowa, especially this year. It's, it's been great. And it's preparing you for a not so spectacular time, mm-hmm. right? It's getting mm-hmm. you ready mm-hmm. for uh, winter, which is, can be, can be pretty brutal. Uh, but but we have a there's something in our soul that has a physiological I'm going to say so in my soul so mind will and emotions that has a physiological response so mm-hmm. I step outside I f- smell those that that those leaves falling I, s- I feel that crisp air I maybe I can maybe even smell a fire off mm-hmm. in the distance and my body has a reaction to it mm-hmm. right and that's because God made us like liturgically. God made us to respond and to respond to certain things, you know, smells and feet and touch and temperature. He made us to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think going all the way back, you know, in the Old Testament, how formative meals were. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, the first sin was a sin around the dinner table in a sense, right? (laughs) They ate what they weren't supposed to eat, Mm -hmm. right? They had a meal with the devil instead of Mm -hmm. a meal with God, right? Mm -hmm. And then all through the text of scripture, you see uh, meals are kind of like, almost like warfare. Like you have, you know, people having meals with angels. You have people having meals together. You see sacrificial animals and they're eating the sacrifice. You see, um, you know, God meeting their needs in the wilderness, giving them bread and manna and, and mm-hmm. feeding them with water. And there's so much meaning to meals. You know, you see the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You see, I mean, there's just all these different feasts. And then obviously you get to the New Testament. You see Jesus eating with sinners. Mm-hmm. You see Jesus yeah. going to the wedding. You see Jesus says, I am the bread. I am, you know, the water of life. Nobody, and you got to eat me. You know, like, mm-hmm. do you have to take me to, to have ex- um eternal life. Then you see him having the Lord, instituting the Lord's Supper and then saying, I want you to do this forever. So the church now has a meal in a sense, you know, we're eating the body and drinking the blood. And so we're, we're just celebrating through a meal. And then we see the culmination in the book of Revelation of the marriage supper of the lamb, that there's going to be a day where we get to eat in the new kingdom with Jesus. And so meals have a very important aspect. Mm -hmm. It's far more than just feeding our bodies and, oh, that was good. Let's 
go on to the next thing, right? So meals are meant to to kind of inspire us uh, to worship, to mm-hmm. to remember, and they they form us, right? Mm-hmm. There is kind of a communal. There's a communal aspect too. Mm-hmm. It unites us together. Um, you know, Javin saying. So first off, where did you get the idea for the for the cinnamon rolls on Thanksgiving morning? Um, I don't think I got it from anywhere. I think it just you just did it. I just did it. Yeah. I just did it one time, and then it just became a thing. Yeah. So you did it one time, and then all of a sudden, the kids think this is what we do. This is what we do on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> yes. This is what we do. And they actually now will get upset if I make cinnamon rolls at any other time. Because really? this is what we do on Thanksgiving morning. Piper especially, she's very much <laughs> wants to stick to the the rules and the routines, and she will get very upset if I make cinnamon rolls. So just it's a special thing, so we yeah. can't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is why I refuse to let my children play Christmas songs before the day after Christmas <laughs> in our house. I refuse it. My daughter's already trying to play them. She's already trying to sing them. And I'm just like, ah, stop it. They're wanting to watch Elf. and they're, I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. not till after Thanksgiving. So... Um, now as we think about this, many times, um, we don't really think about what we want to do. We just kind of react, like sometimes they just happen on their own, like the cinnamon roll thing. Mm-hmm. Um, many times we just kind of take what, what our parents have, have done for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, how, how did that, how did the, the traditions, the liturgies, how did it look for you kind of like growing up? Like, were you, were we, are, did we make our decisions based on, on your parents or how did we, you know what I mean? How did we come to, to our own liturgies and, mm. and how did your background play an effect on that? Yeah. Well, my immediate family was not grounded in tradition or liturgy at all. It was actually kind of the opposite. There was a ton of change. I moved a lot, lots of different houses, lots of different, lots of different, uh, churches, schools. Um, my dad's work schedule kind of fluctuated a lot. So there really was, there wasn't much, uh, space to like create traditions and liturgies and, um, consistency, even like you were talking about the, how meaningful, uh, meals are like, we didn't have dinner, you know, family dinner around the table very often just because things were just always changing. And we kind of never knew what one season would look like from, from the last one. Um, so my, yeah, so that's my immediate family, but, um, my grandma was actually very, very traditional. Um, she, and looking back now, I can see that. And, you know, as a kid, you just kind of think like, this is just what grandma does. She's just, you know, old and does things the old way or whatever, but she was a great keeper of family traditions, um, in every aspect. I mean, everything we did at her house for the 22 years that I got to know her was exactly the same. Mm. For 22 years, exactly the same. Down. So, so every Christmas was the same? Every Christmas was the same. Mm-hmm. She she was uh, Swedish, so she always made a traditional Swedish Christmas Eve dinner, which I know you really... Oh, I got to talk about you this. You really loved it. Okay. So, <laughs> and this is a good point to, to talk about, because obviously when you get married, you know, I have family traditions and you have family traditions. And my family traditions are... Um, very informal, but full of fun, full of gifts, full of laughter. Mm-hmm. Literally some of the, the best memories of my childhood are Christmas Eve with my extended family and a ton of presents. And then Christmas morning with more presents mm-hmm. and big meals by my, my mom and just a lot of homeliness, a lot of fun, laughter, joy, extravagance. And 
uh, but informality, right? Mm-hmm. And then we are getting married, and you invite me over to Christmas Eve. Was it? Yeah, Christmas it was Eve? right after we had gotten engaged. You okay. came to the first Christmas Eve dinner. Christmas Eve at Grandma's house, mm-hmm. and it was a shock to my system. <laughs> Let's say that we come in and. Everything is very formal. Mm-hmm. Everything is very uh, put together. Like you said, Swedish. Then it had these Swedish meat. All the meal was weird to me. Like I didn't, <laughs> I come from the South, you know, so it's like all homestyle cooking and stuff. And this was Swedish meatballs and some kind of, what was it? What are the things? Like that? ring macaroni pudding and uh, different types of cheeses and fruit soup. Fruit soup. <laughs> Some seriously weird stuff. And it was silent. The yeah. whole meal was silent. Mm-hmm. And I, it was sitting in the dining room, you know, mm-hmm. and just silent around the table, very formal. And it was so bizarre mm-hmm. to me, right? <laughs> and I hated all the food. I ate it because I wanted to be good. But I was like, what is this? Uh, it was very strange. Um, okay. So... We, so then your, your grandma had that, but then you're in, but then your parents just kind of had, it was kind of a free for all. didn't have. Yeah. I mean, we went to grandma's house on Christmas Eve. Um, that's what we did. And then, uh, Christmas more, you know, like noonish on Christmas day, we would go back over there again. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that her traditions and her liturgies were, were ours when I was growing up in, in my parents' house. Um, but then after she passed away, like all of that was just kind of gone with her, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I don't think my parents like understood, they didn't understand liturgy or the importance of continuing something like that, you know, but, um, and I mean, not even, not even just Christmas, but I mean like every birthday was the same. She got the same cake from the same bakery for every single one of our birthdays. And she would Mm -hmm. always call us to ask us what color what color uh, frosting we wanted that year, but it was always the same cake. Um, every sleepover was the same. She would make the same meal. We would read, you know, we'd watch the Lawrence Welk show together. Um, so it was very repetitive. And looking back now, I appreciate that so much because I have really deeply ingrained memories from from that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't think I could tell you a single detail about any random birthday party that I had with my friends. That's a good point. But I could tell you down to every detail what those cakes looked like. That's a great point because what is repeated, you know, what you do over and over and mm-hmm. over, that gets into your bones in a different way, yeah. right? That shapes you in a, in a different way and that gets in your memory in a different way. Um, and that's why we were meant to be liturgical. You know, we are worshipers. Like mm-hmm. that's God made us to worship. And so we're, we're, we're meant to be shaped by our habits. And so instead of just flying by the seat of our pants every year for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, we should be thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. And we should say, first off, how can I put God at the center of the celebration? That should mm-hmm. be the first thing. Thanksgiving, that, mean, that might mean going back and researching the Christian heritage of yeah. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and just maybe saying a prayer before Thanksgiving meal or saying a quick, uh, you know, one minute history lesson to your kids mm-hmm. on, you know, why did the pilgrims come to the United States? Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just to take over land and, and, you know, and to be bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was to create a Christian civilization. It was yeah. to worship God. 
Yeah, and I think that is something that we've done in the past too. Like, just get a book from the you know the Morningstar Library or whatever about the first Thanksgiving and read pieces of it at the dinner table, like the week leading up to Thanksgiving, so our kids grasp what's happening and why we celebrate. And yeah, um, so first principle is keep put God at the center of the celebration. Mm-hmm. And 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 what do I mean by that? It's very easy to make our um, holidays holidays, holy days, that's mm-hmm. what it, where we get this from, to make them about us or about our kids. Now, yeah. there's going to be a lot of enjoyment because God's gifts, you know, when we worship him, we enjoy him. And so there's going to be a lot of like, we do this for God, and yet there's tons of benefit to us and blessings and joy and happiness. And we're going to eat the fat, we're going to drink the wine, and we're going to worship God. I mean, there's mm-hmm. he gives us good gifts. But if we are at the center, our... we're literally shaping our children with a man-centered liturgy, Mm. right? We can create them to be little selfish monsters. Mm -hmm. The the whole season is just about them and getting their needs met. And we can be the same thing. Well, it comes so naturally. You have to fight against that selfishness, especially around Christmas time. Yeah, for sure. And the, the chief way to do it is to put God at the center. So Thanksgiving, it might be just saying a little thing before Thanksgiving, and then, but it always means like, hey, this is a worshipful celebration. We're thankful to God and for the freedoms that we have, right? We're thankful to God that we get to worship Jesus Christ. And, and also, we're going to be very hospitable. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a really big, nice meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that, that I would talk to our people about is um, it's easy so there's always this battle, like, what do we do on think? What do we do on holidays? Do we go to your parents? Do we go to my parents? Mm. And one of the things that we decided early on was let's let's create our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like as much as we can, let's let's create our own stuff. Like um, we want to do have our Christmas tradition. Mm-hmm. We want to have our Thanksgiving tradition. Now my parents live here, and so th- we get to uh, you know celebrate with them pretty often. But we didn't want your parents live in in uh, Colorado, we knew right away it's very easy for, for the grandparents to try to kind of decide things. Well, we just go to grandparents' house. We just go to grandparents' house. And there's some fun in that. We don't get, to, you know, you don't often get to see grandparents very often and maybe you got some time off work and you can do that. Um, but I would challenge our people to say, hold on, what is God wanting for us? Like, what are we doing? The two become one, right? They leave mm-hmm. the father and mother, the two become one. What kind of liturgies do we want to form? Mm. Do we want to shape, right? And one of the uh, bad things about if you're if you have to go away to, to your grandparents and stuff or, or to your parents' houses and stuff, and they live far away, is on the on the holy days, on the highest holy days of our <laughs> calendar, let's say, you don't get to worship with your church family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so we're very purposeful here. We we have a, a, a Christmas Eve gathering, and uh, it's a it's an awesome night to to mm-hmm. worship. With our with our church family, that's been a become a key piece to our our liturgies. So let's get into uh, specifically. Let's get into our Christmas tradition, like okay. our our Christmas liturgy, just to give our people some of the stuff that that we've decided. And I don't even mean just like Christmas Eve, but how we prepare our kids mm-hmm. to worship well and enjoy. The Christmas season. What do you, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you start thinking like that? Oh man, well, just things that we do. Um, we kick it off the day after Thanksgiving is always Christmas light day, 
and this has <laughs> our Christmas lights have greatly increased in numbers over the years. So it's gotten to the point now where it is putting up the Christmas lights is actually an all day event. I mean, it takes you anywhere from seven to nine hours, probably mm -hmm. dusk to dawn type of day of work, putting up all the Christmas lights and, um, and the whole family is involved. I mean, all the kids are out there, you know, the girls are doing the bushes and last year you, you let Javin get on the roof mm -hmm. and the girls are really wanted to get on the roof, but you wouldn't let them. And I think at some point I looked out the kitchen window and they had drug one of your ladders over to the shed and climbed themselves up onto the shed roof. And we're trying to decorate up there because, <laughs> because they just want to be a part of, yep. a, you know, a part of the big kid stuff. Um, but yeah, putting out the Christmas lights is an all day event. Everybody's involved. Um, and we always, you always blast Christmas music from your truck that's parked in the driveway and the kids just love it, you know. Eight hours straight of Christmas music blasting, the whole neighborhood can hear it. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so that's like our big, our big kickoff day, and then almost always I'll just order pizza or do something, you know, for dinner that night, and then we'll watch a Christmas movie or just, you know, everybody's cold and tired after after a long day working on the lights, and mm -hmm. and then we turn them on when it gets dark, and everybody goes out and takes their pictures and walks around and admires it, and it's awesome. Yeah, and I, yeah, like I said, we've. We've, and how, how we did this was, you know, I bought, I think I went, I, I think I remember it was probably, you know, 11 years ago. I, I spent $80 mm -hmm. on Christmas mm -hmm. lights and it was just like one strand along the gutters. Yeah. Right. And we told the kids, you know, Jesus is the light of the world and the light of the yep. world, you know, so this is why we do Christmas lights. And, um, and then that after Christmas that year, when all the Christmas lights went like 75% off, mm -hmm. I went and spent another $80. And obviously when you, when you spent, you know, the second purchase tripled my first purchase. Yeah. And, and then I just save them until the next year. And mm -hmm. then, so I added a little more and basically I've done this every year for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And then when you get back the next year, you know, you got two or three lights that don't work, of course, yeah, yeah. but you don't have to go buy the lights at full price. Cause you, you, you planned ahead and you bought them at, at 75% off. And that worked every year except last year. Last year, for whatever reason, uh, they either didn't go on sale or they went on sale too fast and I, or they weren't enough lights and I, I couldn't buy more last mm -hmm. year. Or maybe I bought a few more, but not as many as normal. So it's just it's just compiled and now it's a thing and they joke about you know me being uh, Griswold or whatever yeah. his name, <laughs> Clark Gris Griswold. Uh, but I want... So in our neighborhood this year, people were going crazy for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Blow ups everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Halloween is fun for kids, but Christmas is, you know, let's just say that, well, we could say it's the most important holiday. I mean, no, I know right. Easter is there too, but mm -hmm. Christmas is God becoming man, like mm -hmm. God entering into our story. And so there would be no Easter if there was no Christmas. So, so it's, it's the biggest day of the year. And it's something that nearly all of our neighbors are celebrating mm -hmm. even the pagans, mm -hmm. you know those <laughs> hypocrites, <laughs> right? They're 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 celebrating our, our holiday. So I want to go overboard. Yeah, you know I want to go overboard and I want to create a big deal and and I and I, and I think yeah the kids love it and uh, and it also it's just fun because even after Christmas, our house when you're gloom do, it's doom and gloom outside mm -hmm. even the house still looks good. Yeah, right. It still looks That's fun. True. So okay, we do a lot of decorating outside. Then we. Um, in the next day or two, typically, mm -hmm. we go to uh, the Christmas tree farm. Yep. And we uh, we go out and we... Now, this is getting even harder uh, as of late. 
we used to go and try to, you know, find a seven foot tree, seven foot, eight yeah. foot tree and a big old real Christmas tree. And we'd cut, we'd pick it and we'd cut it down together and we'd bring it back mm-hmm. and uh, we'd get uh, hot chocolate usually there. Mm-hmm. And it's just a whole deal. My, this is something my parents did. We always had a, a natural tree. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it was something I had never done. I think that the first time I experienced cutting down a tree was we were either date, I think it was the year we were dating, mm-hmm. probably right before we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And you suggested, let's go cut down a Christmas tree. And I was like, what? People still do that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a fun day. Yeah. You know, it's a fun it's day really to fun. go out, walk around, and it's usually pretty chilly. And mm-hmm. like you get, you can get hot chocolate. And yeah. um, I've introduced sev- many people to this, and some people they take it, and some people they don't. But I don't know. There's, I think there's something special about um, cutting down the, the Christmas tree and bringing it into your home, mm-hmm. and you get that natural smell. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I mm-hmm. just, we like it. Um, so we do that, and then uh, usually the gir- you and the girls, will, I'll do the lights, and then you mm-hmm. and the girls will decorate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, and, and, uh, and, you got, and also, you know, during this time, one of the things that you, you and the girls often do is uh, make Christmas cookies. Yeah, Christmas cookies or gingerbread houses. And it's not just me and the girls. Javin loves to make a little gingerbread house, too. And, and in the last couple of years, I've gotten into the fudge. Oh, you have, yeah. I started making fudge, and, and uh, yeah, the fudge is pretty good. Yep, so. yep. And then I tried to make it one time, and everyone was very disappointed. They said <laughs> that Dad had to make the fudge yep. at Christmas. <laughs> yep. Um, so, okay, so so obviously there, you got Christmas lights, you got, you're going to get a, nat- a Christmas tree, and now people are like, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is we're wanting our kids to start anticipating, like Advent, right? Um, Advent means arrival. It's mm-hmm. from the word of the Latin word Adventus, which means arrival. And so the whole thing is celebrating Jesus's arrival yeah. on this earth. Now, when we got married, I had never heard the word Advent. Right. Same. Mm-hmm. And we learned about Advent when we were in Omaha. And mm-hmm. as we started studying liturgy and we started studying the reformed tradition and we just started, you know, getting in church history a bit, uh, we learned the, 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 the rhythm of Advent, right? And so often basically... Every year at, at Sacred City Church, we, starting the, the uh, whatever it is, the fourth or fifth, it's the fifth Sunday before Christmas, we start um, singing uh, Christmas hymns mm-hmm. in the Sunday, Sunday gathering, and our liturgy starts to, be, starts to focus our attention on the incarnation, on Jesus becoming man. And lot, every other year, I'll do a specific Advent series. Um, but like this year, we're working through Nehemiah. We'll just go right through it, and then we'll we'll still be singing Christmas songs. And then it, that culminates, of course, in Christmas Eve or this this year, uh, Christmas morning. And we um, we let that rhythm uh, help us as a family, right? Shape our worship as a mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. So one of the you decorate on the inside of the house. You always decorate the table, mm-hmm. our dining room table. There's Christmas stuff there. And it always means like we have some kind of Christmas uh, Advent devotional mm-hmm. on the dining room table where we'll work through um, whatever it is. You know, for us, we've never done well with the super long, uh, intricate stories right. of Advent. We do better with a, sh- a shorter devotional. Um, and uh, and that's kind of, you know, what we do on you know, whatever, let's say four nights a week, mm-hmm. right? Four, yeah. four or five nights a week. We're working through an advent. We've got an advent calendar or mm-hmm. two usually. Yeah. The kids got advent calendars where they're, 
counting down the days, counting down the days, mm-hmm. putting stuff, you know, moving the, um, mm-hmm. moving the marker or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I love the one that we have. It's like the mag- magnetic wood nativity scene, basically. And each day you pull out a different piece of the nativity, whether it's an animal or a star or a shepherd or whatever. So you're like adding to this picture of the stable, you're mm. adding pieces of the story. And then, you know, the last day is Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's the final piece you take out. Yep. Um, and we're, we're building our kids anticipation. We are, um, we're being shaped through the liturgy at church. We're doing some worship together. And then, and we want this to be, now here's the thing. We want this to be an enjoyable season, mm-hmm. which means we still have to be disciplined when it comes to what the kids are eating, mm-hmm. not too much sugar. Like we, we want to have, we want to have blessing. We want to have cookies. We want to, but we can't go nuts. Mm-hmm. Or then they start feeling bad. They get sick. They don't sleep. Then, then we get. Yep. And this is the danger. You, you, there. You can put so much pressure on everybody having a good time, mm-hmm. right? That then you know that it ruins the good time. It ruins the good time. <laughs> it ruins yeah. the good time, and yeah. then you get cranky, cranky people, bad attitudes. And mom trying to make everybody happy or mm-hmm. make everybody be, be happy or mm-hmm. dad doing the same thing, you know? And so you still have, you still have to be disciplined, but we want to have something special. We want to do the yeah. family movie nights. We want to have some cookies. We want to, um, go look at Christmas lights. Yeah. That's one of the things that we do. Yeah. Um, we, we have at least one night, maybe more of going to look at the crazy Christmas lights. Yeah. Um, you know, around the town that are timed and they're, you know, to music and they're mm-hmm. just you know, outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And we really look forward to that. I'll usually let the kids each bring a bag of popcorn or some kind of treat to have in the car and we'll drive around and look at the different lights and yeah, that's a fun tradition too. Yeah. So can you think of any others that we do off the top of your head? Um, so one thing that I started doing a couple of years ago is doing a sibling drawing, name drawing for gift giving. And if you've never done this, you have to do it because it's, <laughs> it's just the best. There's, it, I think it serves a few different purposes. The first one being, you know, your kids are so self-focused at Christmas time. They're making their own list. They're only thinking about what they want, what's going to make them happy. And then they draw a name of one of their siblings and it forces them to think about that sibling and what would this person really like for Christmas. And it is so sweet yes. to see them walk up and down the aisles of a store and, you know, thoughtfully, and you can kind of hear their thought process like, oh, that's pink is her favorite color. I bet she would really like that. And, you know, or um, and just to hear the thought process and see them put so much love and effort into selecting something for one of their siblings. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them how to be generous. It's teaching them how to have an outward focus, you know, on somebody else besides mm-hmm. themselves um, during Christmas time when it's usually all about them yeah. in, in their mind. So I it's yeah, super sweet. I've been doing that for a few years. Love it. Yeah, it's super sweet. And then we usually kind of do that same thing. We'll take the kids uh, separately and let them pick out stuff for our stockings. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's really sweet to see what they what they think I'm gonna like and yeah. what, what they think. You know, they pretty much <laughs> always cigars and candy. Yeah. for you. <laughs> cigars, whiskey, and candy. Candy uh, is what they're putting. Trying to put in my stocking. Um, so now again, these the beauty of these things is like. You know, there, some of it is tradition that's been passed on to us. Most of these traditions, you might have forgotten the meaning. You can, go, you can Google it and you can research the Christian traditions of why we put up a tree and why we hang lights. Yeah. And um, you can you can Google Google all that you if you want. I'm not going to go into all the history. But the, I think the importance is 
that you choose something for your family, you, you re, it's, it's repeatable. You repeat it so it gets ingrained in your, in your, in your people, in your family, and that it's, it's God-centered. Like, mm-hmm. they're not at the center. God's at the center. We're not at the center. God's at the center. And probably the most important aspect of that is our attitudes, mm-hmm. right? Like, and this is the, the worst, the biggest mistake I see parents make is they put so much pressure on themselves to create this amazing Christmas that they get mean Mm -hmm. and they get irritable (laughs) and they get grumpy Mm -hmm. because they, maybe they spent too much money and so there's, there's financial stress, right? And they're, they've got all these different Christmas parties and Christmas is usually so busy with all, all kind of different stuff that they're stressed out and time is short and. You know, they're trying to make everybody enjoy it and it's just not going well. And they come in with crummy attitudes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we don't want to lose, like the Christian attitude, right? The fruit of the spirit is more important than the than how many presents they get, right? right? Now, I yeah. say that, but you should get your kids' presents, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And and I, I think Christians who, who try to be um, too frugal, on Christmas, I think you do uh, uh, yourself and your kids a disservice. If there's any, if there's any day where you should be a little extravagant, you should be a little over the top. I think it should be Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, we want our kids. Jesus was over the top. Like God's gift is extravagant, mm, right? Yeah. And so, our our uh, generosity and hospitality, I think it should be extravagant on Christmas. Now, within your means, I don't don't go into debt. I, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. But I think the more important thing is to do the work in your own heart that's necessary to keep a Christmas a Christian attitude, to keep mm, yeah. a, the fruit of the spirit. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what are the what are some ways you think that what's the best ways do you think to to keep to keep that mentality, to not get lost in I got to get the lights. I got to get the stuff. Mm. I got to go to the parties. I got to do all the mm-hmm. things. And come on, kids, let's go. We'll have a good time. You know, yeah. how do you keep the attitude? How do you keep yourself in check and, and keep a worshipful heart in the midst of a busy season like mm. Christmas? Well, I think, first of all, you have to have, you have to know what your priorities are. You have to know what your standard is. You have to have, well, like you mentioned earlier, a plan in place. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to say yes to? What are we going to say no to? So that you don't get swayed by... I mean, your kids want to do everything all the time, all day long, especially when they're not in school. They just want to pack it full of fun. So it's like, okay, what are we going to say yes to? Um, And then, I mean, I think it's also just consistently pointing yourself and your kids back to God as the giver of all good gifts. Um, You know, when when they do get a gift or whatever, you you can thank God for it. Like, God gives us so many good gifts. This is amazing. Let's thank him for it, you know, Um, or God provided for us, you know, and just constantly putting those little bugs in their ear about, oh, I didn't, I don't deserve this. I didn't earn this. Um, You know, and if you're being constantly reminded about God's goodness and God's faithfulness, then that's where the joy comes from. Mm. It, It doesn't ever come from the stuff, you know. So what do you, what would you say to moms who made the cookies did the special thing, and then the kids are grumpy or fighting over it or didn't appreciate it. Mm. And what, you know, how would you be tempted to respond to that? And, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, the temptation to respond to that is like, 
you know, what a waste of my time. You guys are so ungrateful and like, I'm never doing this again. You know, that's the temptation. But I think you have to ask yourself, okay, why, why did I do this? Did I do this to, to receive, you know, applause from my children? Um, did I do this to make myself feel like a good mom? Like, was I doing this to glorify God and to bring some joy into our household or attempt to bring some joy into our household? Or was I doing it for, for myself and my own glory? Hmm. Cause yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's important. And I, so I would add to those things. I think, you know, anytime your family when you're in more, in close proximity to your family, and that could be immediate family but also extended family. There's always a temptation. There's always the threat of more drama. Mm-hmm. Right? Many of our extended family, we avoid a lot of the year years and uh and then we know we got crazy uncle or we got this cousin or we got that. And they're just, maybe they're not Christians. Maybe they have, you know, a different worldview than us. And they're just the, and you're going to parties and all, there's just all the stress The the danger during the holiday season is to ne- neglect your soul mm, yeah, and to just go through the rhythms and go through the normal things and forget about your time with the Lord, mm. forget about making Sunday gathering a priority, making your missional community a priority, that you still, like, it's probably going to be a pretty intense season, and you need uh, your quiet time with the Lord, you need your Bible time, you need your prayer time, you need the liturgy, you need Sunday worship, you need the sermons, you need your MC, you need your fight club. Like, don't neglect your spiritual disciplines Mm -hmm. during the holidays, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy, too, because you're running off of some kind of sentimental high. Mm Mm-hmm. For a while, you can run off that sentimental high. Oh, mm-hmm. pumpkin spice. Yeah. Ooh, you know, Black Friday shopping. Oh, I can't wait yeah. to get out there and get start buying gifts and the Christmas music's on at the mall. And yeah, you you can run off of that vibe for a little while, um, but that it's just sentimentality. Mm-hmm. I think you also run off of just pressure. Like it's all up to me. Like making all of my multiple children happy on Christmas morning is all up to me. Making memories is all up to me. Making, mm. you know, yeah. you can also run off of that pressure and that will drive you into yeah. exhaustion. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that, that we do on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, uh, we go to my, my parents' house mm-hmm. and all my siblings go and, uh, we bring all the grandkids and, and we do a, a family gift exchange right yeah, there. Cousins, we, cousin, yeah, the cousins. Cousin, cousin gift exchange. We draw names and stuff and they, we do a cousin gift exchange. We have more like finger foods and, and it, you know, it's just a tradition for us. Um, and then I usually, me and my dad, me or my dad will read the Christmas story, mm-hmm. right? We'll read the Christmas story to, to the family and then we'll just enjoy one another. They open presents, have a good time. And then we go to our Christmas Eve gathering, yep. right? Uh, then Christmas Eve gathering, uh, we got some liturgy. Kids sing. We got a we got a video that we play for the kids every mm-hmm. year. It's always the Jesus is the light of the world, um, Jesus storybook Bible video, and then we go back home and and our kids, uh, you know, get their usually Christmas jammies or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Get their Christmas jammies on and yep, and they all sleep in the same room. I mean, you know, fifteen, almost thirteen. The girls they all want to sleep in the same bedroom together so that they can all wake up at the same time and come down together yeah. in the morning. And so while they go to bed, obviously, you know, we, we put all the presents. Oh, this brings a good question. What do we, <laughs> what do we, what do we, t- what have we taught our kids about good old St. Nicholas? Mm. Mm. 
Okay, so. <laughs> this is going to get us in trouble. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, maybe. So we've always taught our kids about the historical man, St. Nicholas, um, because I, I love the story of his life. He's an example of Christian character and generosity. Um, he, do you want me to tell the story or tell Sure, the story? go ahead. Okay. So he, he was born in like 250-something A.D., long, long time ago. He was born into a wealthy family. And then when his parents passed away, he wanted to, um, they, they raised him to be a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to use his inheritance to bless the poor and the needy in his community. So um, what he would do is he would go around and deliver gifts to people in his community, whether it was like a loaf of bread or some gold coins or fruit or whatever. And he would do it at nighttime in secret. He would leave it on their doorstep or, you know, toss it in through the window or whatever. And he would do it at nighttime in secret because he did not want any recognition. He said he wanted all glory to go to God from these people who had been miraculously provided for, basically. Mm -hmm. He wanted God to get the glory for that. So, um, so he there's there's one particular story where there was a man in his town who had three daughters, and he and he was about to have to sell them, um, sell them off basically because he couldn't afford to to live anymore. And Saint Nicholas heard about this, and so he, on three separate occasions, tossed gold coins into this man's window to help him provide a, a dowry for his daughters, and and I guess the gold coins landed in socks that had been hung by the fireplace to dry hmm. at night. <laughs> and that's where the whole like hang, stockings hang, hanging from. stockings, you know, putting gifts in stockings came from. Um, yeah. So our, our kids are very, you know, very familiar with that story. Um, and then we've told them how it's sort of like become commercialized through, yeah. I think it was first like through a poem and then through a cartoon and then it just sort of like went crazy. But we have had to teach them how to we have gotten a little bit of trouble. Oh, we've gotten trouble with, uh, with parents. Yeah. So about here's here's the Piper deal. told her friends that Santa was dead <laughs> at, at one point. At one point, so we got some backlash about that. Well, yeah, and we've so here's the deal. I I was raised to believe in Santa Claus. Literally, my mm-hmm. parents taught me that Santa Claus was real. Mm-hmm. And until I was climbing the I was climbing in the garage. I was in the rafters in the garage and I found all my Christmas presents mm-hmm. like before Christmas. Okay. And I was like, it's all a lie. My whole life is a lie. So my, my mom loved to have fun. So she taught us, you know, the Easter bunny is real. Mm-hmm. You know, Santa Claus is real. The tooth fairy is real, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I know a lot of people get into that uh, because it's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. Now, here's here's the danger. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer a little bit because I, I think when you tell your people, when you tell your kids that um, Santa Claus is real, the Easter Bunny is real, the Tooth Fairy is real, the Elf on the Shelf is real, mm-hmm. and Jesus is real, mm-hmm. and then they grow up and they realize uh, that was a lie, that was a lie, that was a lie, that was a lie. Oh, but this one was true. Mm-hmm. Many kids, they just dismiss them all. Yeah. And and I I don't want to lie to my kids. I don't think it's a good practice to lie to your children. I don't think it's it's good for them to experience that letdown of yeah. oh, I thought that was real. And when there's no need, I mean my our opinion, there's no need for it. To mm-hmm. Teach them about St. Nicholas. Yeah. Just teach them about and guess where the presents come from? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean we're not like completely like oh, you can't 
say the name Santa. Well, you know, when they were little, we would go see Santa, oh, yeah. get the pictures, do the thing. But they're they've always been fully aware of the fact that we're the ones giving the gifts, and you know, yeah, and that's a dude in a suit. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And the gifts come from us and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we, now we joke because there's you know our kids have been kind of uh, we want them to see through. We want to see them to see through the the, the sentimentality and see through the man centered fake stuff to see the the reality behind it. Yeah. Right. And so our kids have sometimes gotten in trouble at school because they're like, nah, he's fake. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're, 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 <laughs> uh, schoolmates are not, they haven't been told that yet or, yeah. uh, or they're not ready to hear it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we don't, so we teach about Santa Claus. And so we, we, we line up all the presents on Sunday morning or on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And usually I don't even know about six a.m. or six thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Or we start hearing banging, them banging on the. On yeah, the, can we know, come down? Can we come down now? And so we'll get up and get our coffee, and if we're not already up, and uh, get the camera rolling and yep. turn it on, and they come charging downstairs and mm-hmm. enjoy. Just in, it's just great. It's just you know, it's such a blessing to be able to provide for your kids and yep. give them good gifts and just see the joy on their faces and. Um, do you usually make breakfast there or do we? No. Um, no, because then we go to your mom's yeah, and she does yeah. the biscuits and gravy. Yeah. So breakfast. then, so we probably by nine o'clock, yeah, by yeah. nine o'clock, we, the kids are still in their jammies and everything. We just load up with bedhead and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we go over to my parents and then they, you know, my parents have some gifts for them. And, um, and then my mom makes biscuits and gravy, mm-hmm. um, and, which is just fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we all, uh, we all love that. Uh, and then we hang out there for probably an hour or so. Yeah. Come bring our gifts home, come home. They all play with their gifts. And then we usually go back to my mom's around one o'clock or 1230 mm-hmm. or something. No dinner. Christmas oh, day. Dinner. Christmas day is dinner. Yeah. Okay. It's a big fancy Christmas dinner with the ham and the, yeah. Another one that. that's just outstanding and mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and, and it requires a lot of work. It, it's one of my mom's ways of showing love mm-hmm. and, and she's amazing. She's an amazing cook and it's just so stinking good. Like, and obviously, <laughs> and she makes it for like, you know, a family of a hundred or something. So w- mm-hmm. we get loaded down with extras and go, yeah. and, um, it's just a, a big fun family, family day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a it's a it's a glorious day of worshiping Jesus and enjoying the good gifts He's given us. Yep. Right. So, um, this is our traditions. This is what we do. There, there's nothing inherently holy about what we do, but we want. Um, but these are decisions that we've came to together. That we've thought about. Some of them just happened, but most of them we've thought about. We've planned. Um, we tweak year in it. What works? What yep. doesn't work? Uh, but but again, the, the point is being proactive. Like um, these things matter, and I hope that they they put a deep love in my children for um, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right? I want I want them to to have a deep love for Christmas and yeah. and the joys of the fa- of family life. Like these are yeah. like single people don't. I know single people you don't get to experience this very often. And and uh, you know I, I'm sorry for you because it is a huge, it is a great blessing. Mm -hmm. It is some of the best times in life Mm -hmm. are around the table, um, for Christmas, for Thanksgiving. And, um, and, and it's just good gifts. 
it's good gifts from God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and the secular world just, I mean, they even have to use our stuff. Like don't they don't even have this? Like yeah. one, they don't really have reasons to be thankful. Thankful to who? Right. You know, right. thankful to who? We we have a God, and you know these holy days they're they're ours, mm-hmm. and so we should celebrate them and we should celebrate them well. Yeah. So any closing thoughts or anything you think that we didn't hit on that we should hit on? Um, I don't think so. I mean, maybe just practically, I would just say, um, if anybody wants resources or has questions about specifically like age appropriate Advent devotionals or, um, calendars or anything like that to shoot an email and can help out with that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, babe, thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. All right. So thank you guys for listening to us. We really do appreciate you listening. Share these uh, podcasts any way that you can, if they're helpful. Uh, We want as many people as possible to be blessed by them. Hopefully you will sit down with your spouse or significant other and you will plan um, some family traditions together to make these holidays more meaningful and more memorable. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. (music) 